Welcome back to What the Fuck is Going On. We have a great show for you today. We have John Kerry siding with the UAE, our climate envoy, selling us out for state oil. We have the Twitter files, some shocking revelations surrounding Russiagate and some potential vaccine disinformation. And we have the debt limit and the potential fallout for that coming up. Robert Ely, I from, thought you might mention that. If you're from Mississippi or Alabama, you you celebrate and commemorate uh, King Lee Day. I learned about that one today. Yeah, to uh, that was a mind blowing one. Celebrate the legacies of both those great men of history. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we're gonna get into it real quick here. We're gonna try to have a, a nice little compact show for everybody, nice and information dense. We're gonna go through the run up real quick. Uh, there was a huge, huge plane crash in Nepal. Seventy of the seventy two passengers are dead. The two are missing. We just found out like five seconds ago that the co-pilot is a widow of a man who was a pilot who died in a Nepal plane crash in 2006. She used his life insurance money to buy the training in the U.S. to become a pilot. And then 17 years later, got the same fate. Interesting. That's for all the conspiracy theorists out there to have some fun with for a few days. Um, House Republicans demand to see Biden's private house logs after five additional classified documents were turned up in his personal library in Wilmington. So that's a total of six in his library. Um, this despite the fact that his secret service insists he doesn't keep a visitor's log at his private home. Cause I don't think anybody fucking does that. Um, and then Alabama.com is reporting that an underground fire in a Birmingham landfill, which has been burning for 50 plus <laughs> days now is causing pollution in the town, making people sick decreasing the air quality so that's like the dystopia the last report. one's crazy to me insane dude i don't understand first of all there's a landfill underground yeah i mean i think they i just, didn't know they did that i thought they just fucking pit, like picked the plot of land or the ocean and they just dumped shit i think i think that's how a lot of them start is they dig a big hole but then it just gets so big that the trash and then they're like all right we're gonna mountain. burn it yeah it's been burning for 50 days yep and now they're like mm. This might be well. The, the fucked up thing is the uh, a lot of people are suing them for it, and they're bringing up these things of like obviously toxic, you know, air just from burning regular garbage. But they're like they also have things that shouldn't be burned, like hazardous materials. Um, and like ironically, they're like, and they have flammable things there that they're not supposed to have, and but they have to like sue. Like it's fucked up that you have to sue to not breathe shitty air. And it's in like the legal system right now, which notoriously in America takes forever, forever yeah. for anything to get done. And the town, Birmingham, I think it's actually a suburb of Birmingham, 
Um, but the town can't do anything about it because it's a private business. So, I mean, it's fucked up. I mean, like you said, it's it has to go to a vote yeah. for anything to even happen. So a class action lawsuit was filed in December against the owners and the operators of the Environmental Landfill, Inc., which owns the site. And the lawsuit was filed in St. Clair County, and it cites inspection reports from the department, Alabama's Department of Environmental Management, noting the presence of unauthorized waste at the landfill and described the site as a fire hazard, which is ironic because they're just burning fucking everything anyway. But (laughs) St. Clair County Commissioner Chairman Stan Bateman said he still gets some complaints, but the fire is actually shrinking. It's not burning oh. more. It's burning less, he said. Good. That's glad fantastic. He's, he's team fire. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like one of those Everybody's things. Everybody's Stanny. <clears throat> I mean, I'm glad attention's been brought to it, but like he's, I mean, it's going to take a long time before anything happens. And I mean, where else is that happening? Oh, I'm sure. Dude, dude, the only, like, I was thinking about it. We're here in New Jersey. We're like, I, we probably don't have the cleanest air, but it's definitely cleaner than landfill air because we have too many people here. Like, People are going to get legitimately very sick from that. Like this one woman's talking about how her son goes to sleep with a, uh, like a, a, a ventilator. Oh, ventilator. And it's like black every night. They have to clean it, the filter so often because the air is so shitty there. Oh my God. Uh-huh. That's so, like, awful. Here we have such a dense population in Jersey that like the number of people getting sick would be in like the tens of thousands and that would get noticeable. In fucking a suburb, uh, a suburb of Birmingham, Alabama, like... They just give less of a fuck of like, all right, well, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna kill people, but it's not gonna be like a story, or at least not for a while. Fifty days. Yeah, fifty days, exactly. Fifty fucking days, bro. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's true. I mean, news gets around here a lot quicker. Well, it's not just news though, it's also just like the number of, the more people that are affected, the more loud they're gonna be on an issue. Well, that's with anything. For sure, for sure. Um just that's fucked up that's your nice little dystopia daily for you yeah um next we have let's go into more fucked up things yeah we're gonna talk about the (laughs) debt ceiling because that's being now bandied around you're gonna hear that it's just you know i didn't even know there was a debt ceiling because i why don't aren't they just gonna make it higher yes they are um so basically what the what the debt ceiling is is um it's a cap on the amount of money that the treasury can borrow by selling U.S. Treasury bonds. Okay. To pay for the debts we've already incurred. Okay. If that makes sense. Um, it's just it's we're selling off our own assets to pay off our debt. N- well, we're not selling assets. We're creating more debt to to pay more debt. <laughs> we're selling treasury bonds to other other people mm-hmm. to get money to bring back to creditors that we so already sold treasury bonds to. Oh yeah, so we're just like in a vicious kind we're of. We're just in a nice little Ponzi scheme. Just okay. keep pulling, you know, you keep pulling the the tail till something comes out. So all right. So the like Goldman has basically said that this is the biggest uh, sort of political issue that they're looking out for, and basically, it would seem as if it's like a a two sided argument between the Republicans and Democrats right now. Uh, Democrats are saying you have to fund, you have to vote yes to raise the debt ceiling. We can't risk defaulting on our debts and losing our credit rating mm-hmm. with the world. Um, and the Republicans are basically saying, um, well, we shouldn't even be in this position. This reckless spending has gotten us here. And now because of the, like the stuff we covered the past couple of weeks on the the 
speaker of the house controversy and the concessions Kevin McCarthy had to give up to the house freedom caucus, like Matt Gates. Mm -hmm. One of those concessions was he, he has to make sure the Republicans McCarthy don't, uh, vote to raise the debt ceiling without getting serious concessions from the Democrats on cutting spending and likely what the tangible kind of thing. What? Like, you well, likely what likely what that spending is going to be. The Republicans want it to be is from entitlement programs, from Social Security, from Medicaid, from whatever. Okay. But what uh, what <clears throat> I think, first of all, let's like make the distinction that the debt ceiling is not the amount of debt we actually have. It's well, right, national debt it's... right now is in uh, close to thirty trillion dollars. It kind of just sounds like the amount of money we're allowed to spend toward our debt. <laughs> it's not the amount of money we're allowed to spend. It's the allowed. It's the amount of money we're allowed to borrow. Borrow. It's a big okay. difference. To, to go into. Okay, I got. Because it. we can. It's the and it's also it's also it's the amount of money we are allowed to borrow. The treasury is allowed to borrow without getting congressional approval. Okay, but that so the Congress can Congress can approve them to borrow however fucking much money they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't want to have to like go through all those hoops and shit. I guess. Well, it's just it just means yeah. It means and right now think about what Congress is right now. It's so divided that right. It, it, that's why actually like Goldman and all these big time economists are saying like this is the number one political issue we have to look out for because Congress is so divided. If we do have a recession, how are they going to navigate it? Like. Uh, here, this is what. It doesn't seem like they're doing this a very is what, good job navigating it already. This is what Goldman's chief economist Jan Hadzius says: the debt limit likely poses the greatest political risk next year. She said this in December, and we expect it to rival the 2011 episode in its disruption to financial markets and the economy. That said, we do not expect Congress to enact major fiscal changes. Republicans might press for spending cuts in a debt limit deal, but we do not expect substantial cuts next year. The White House might press for increased fiscal support. But this also looks unlikely as we believe a soft landing is more likely. And a divided Congress would have difficulty responding to a recession even if one occurs. So Congress is so divided right now that if they did have to navigate like a legitimate crisis, nobody sees how we'd get out of that. Which is why we think everyone, these economists think the debt ceiling is going to be raised. Just the GOP, the House Freedom Caucus, they're going to try to get something out of it. Just because if... We don't. We're gonna fall into a recession of hell that we won't. Be well, we're gonna we're gonna immediately we're gonna default not immediately because the thing is if if they don't vote to raise the debt ceiling, which we're set to hit by the middle to end of this week by like the 18th or 19th, uh, the Treasury is gonna do enact what it calls extraordinary measures, meaning potentially uh, freezing government pensions mm-hmm. or using the cash in hand they already have to pay for bills instead of balancing it on an income outcome. Okay. Using tax. But there's a lot of different things, but this is not the first time it's happened. We raised the ceiling in 12 and 13. And I think a similar process played out, if I remember correctly, like the Republicans like sort of held the process hostage for a little bit, which the Democrats will go, Oh, like, you cannot fuck with the full faith of the U.S. Treasury. Like this is irresponsible to even be considering this. Um, but while they're saying that, I think they know that it's that the Republicans are not not going to do it. But I wanted to talk about. Well, yes, it seems like at the end game, if nobody comes to like an agreement on that, it's just going to be hell for everybody, or it's going to be bad for everybody. You know. Right. Well, this Wall Street Silver goes. The debt ceiling drama is starting in Washington D.C. again. It is all a fake drama. We will never default on our debts nominally. They will always print the money. 
Alan Greenspan once said, we can guarantee cash, but we cannot guarantee purchasing power. So they're going to, you know, they're not going to let the U.S. default on its debts. That would never happen. Right. But they will and have flooded the money, flooded the market with money. Like what's going to end up happening is they're going to raise the debt ceiling. They're going to issue more bonds. Mm -hmm. And eventually those bonds will be held by the Fed. The Fed will eventually through fucking quantitative tightening, mm-hmm. have to own those at some point. So it's all a fucking... Which will go into our economy and right, right. decrease our dollar. Exactly. It'll lower our purchasing power mm-hmm. It'll it, through inflation. Um, but so basically the political aspect of it, the fight that is going to happen, it's going to be a drama, mm-hmm. is the Republicans, you know, they're going to... The, Democrat, the Democrats will probably likely all vote to raise the ceiling, and the Republicans will, a lot of them will say they're not going to, um, but the new rules package that we covered last week that McCarthy got passed mm-hmm. on Friday, last Friday the 9th, um, they protected something called, fuck, a discharge position. Yeah, so last Friday, they, the new rules package that McCarthy got passed on the floor reaffirmed something called a discharge petition, Mm -hmm. which means any rank-and-file member, whether they're in leadership or not, can bring a vote to the floor outside of the the leaders and the speaker and the House Rules Committee who normally control what bills go to the vote. Mm -hmm. They can bring any bill to a vote on the floor if they have the majority of signatures from Congress, meaning if any Democrat wanted to get all 218 Democrats and five Republicans that happened to defect who's maybe constituents are calling them a lot and saying, you have to raise this debt ceiling. Like, I will not vote you in next year. Maybe somebody's donors, whoever. They're the political game at that point. Right. So all they would need is five, and they have the power, thanks to this discharge petition, which the Republicans, including the House Freedom Caucus, signed off on, um, allows them to bring this vote to the floor where they likely will get the vote. So they all know that. It's Mm -hmm. all part of the fucking game. This is all a dog and pony show for their... Voters, so they can say, look at look how obstructionist the Republicans are being. You need to donate to us so we can stop them. The Republicans go, look how irresponsible and fiscally irresponsible the Democrats are. They just want us to, you know, send money out the door to wherever it's going. Like Ukraine, you have to give us your money because we know what to do with it. We're going to stop them. It plays into both their narratives. It's yeah, bro. It's a fucking unit party. They hold each other up. It's the um, the the theater of it. What did Wall Street call it? Well, the one guy called it a circus. I yeah, like the circus. Yeah, bit. Jim Brewer. I love yeah. that clip. No, it's dude. It's it's all theater. Like, well, and I definitely believe that. I mean, it, obviously, all... there are real life consequences. It's not all like, but these things they're doing, they're doing like for show. Well, like we talked about, uh, was it last episode? You know, the only reason they were covering the Biden files is because they did the Trump files. Right. Oh, the classified documents. Right. Yeah. I mean, they they had to because they the put show. themselves into a corner. But, um, yeah, they had to cover it. And still, like, half the coverage I read is like comparing Biden's to Trump's, and here's why Trump's is worse. Like, mm-hmm. and the other, you know, the people who are saying Biden's was egregiously worse are all Republicans and are all biased and likely somewhat facetious as well. I feel like, um. I don't know. I guess it doesn't play into their game very well to take a middle ground because it, I do think like politicians would, you know, not would, but they do get respect when they play one side, but they see the other side and can kind of 
you know, agree with it a little bit. You mean be like a reasonable human being? Yes, like actually be yeah. like... Assess the facts instead of pretending that whatever your team says is definitely the right answer no matter what. But, I mean, just thinking about how fucked up it is, I mean, it's just like you... If you don't do that, you're, if you don't pick a side, you're fucked because you're just not going to really make it on your own, at least at first. I think that mentality is is why is half the problem that nobody nobody oh, I, thinks they can uh, break free of the system and be independent. You're not wrong about that, but I mean, to like rally so many, I I just think you would need to like you need to get like millions of people in one place. That's a sick sweater, by the way. I just dude, I just noticed. Thank you. Yeah. Shout out Pablo Sports. Pablo Sports. Pablo, yeah. Are you serious? No. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Sorry, what were you saying? Um, I derailed I feel like Sorry, derail like, podcast. Yeah, yeah. To like institute like mass change, you need to get mass amounts of people together at one time and like protest, you know. Are you calling for a revolution on this podcast? Yeah, I mean, that'd be <laughs> fucking sick. But, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I that's mean, the only way I think like anything's going to really... I, I don't. I think people. I. I would like to believe part of the reason I do this podcast is I think people can just be generally more informed and like think for themselves a little bit more. If anything, yeah. like take small steps to not just well, say whatever is happening is what's supposed to be happening. Like this is whatever the, the people in the line ahead of me say. Like it always bothers me when I'm driving, and like the person in front of me is going slow just because the person in front of them is going slow. You know what I mean? Like if it's two lanes. Well, it's like you could you wait could, if it's two lanes. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, like they're you you can pass them then if there's two. Yeah, lanes, no? or even if it's even if it's one lane. Like no, like people just don't have the curiosity to pull over. Be like, what's going on up there? They're just like, well, this guy's going twenty, so I guess I got to go nineteen. That's just the way it is. Like, oh, oh, you're you're saying like if okay, I, I you gotcha. know what I mean? Just they're like just like falling in line kind of thing. exactly. But sometimes I mean I'll do that, but I'm just like not paying attention. Sure, and then but like five minutes in, you don't go. I should be home by now, nah, right? Nah, that like, motherfucker. That... <laughs> keep the thing on you? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like, I fucking... I speed by him. I fucking... Yeah, well, if there's two lanes, for sure. But that's that jersey in me, bro. <laughs> I can't stand being behind people. It just drives me crazy. Walking, even. Oh, like, think about God. stiff-arming, like, 15-year-old girls. Like, Get out of my way. Walking is the worst, especially in, like, stores. Like, you ever go to Costco, and it's just, like, oblivious people just fucking walking NPCs, around. bro. They're everywhere. It's I'm crazy. like, how did you make it here today by yourself i think you just spawned here i'm like lady you're you're literally about to just ram your fucking cart into my by the way speaking of like completely oblivious npcs we have to make a correction because remember uh i think yeah we last week we're talking about january 6th yes we're talking about that lady that shot lady that that face picture the fucking turns out i did some research she was not at the insurrection she was at a different january 6th protest in ohio that was like it was like a stop the steal thing but it was peaceful they didn't break any shit and she was and someone like like the picture of her there's a painting behind her and like that painting is very clearly in that ohio capitol building and not in washington dc which i it's easily like you know yeah yeah but i'm just it's interesting i'm only finding this out like a year later two years later um and i'm like again reasonably well informed like there's just so much fucking information out there so you gotta be you, you gotta like be careful about your memes. They're fun, but like, let's you know, may, like I I'm guilty of sometimes thinking a meme is reality. And be like, no, okay, you have to make sure that that's well, that one was reality for a long time, right? What do you mean? The reality was that she was at the insurrection. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like in my head, even like my head canon. Oh, you know, I'm like that's like like I'll I'll see a meme and I'll know like in 
instinctively it's not true, but just like in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, it's definitely true. Oh, okay. You like, know what you're, I mean? You're just like, I'm going to go with it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, not on this show. Just I don't like, know what kind of memes you're looking at. A lot. I, I, my, I have a very large portion of my brain segmented for memes. You got a nice file cabinet. Nice I got Rolodex a good Google, Google Drive file too. <laughs> just, yeah, Rolodex of memes. I only real. need one meme. But, I don't even know if you can consider it a meme. The sloth. Yeah, it is. That's a meme. Okay. I know a few sloth, sloth heads. It's like a gif. Um, all right, getting back to this discharge position. I mean, I think that's I think that's pretty much all we have on that. Really, like, we're going to probably see that vote come to the floor, I would say, within the week. Um, again, well, like... it would have to, right? Otherwise, we're going to run out of money. Well, yeah, again, we, we uh, economists that have been reading on, like, Bloomberg and Zero Hedge are saying, like, extraordinary measures that the Treasury oh, Department oh, takes oh, could right. probably last yeah. us through, like, June... That's um, crazy. That do you think it would last that long? To like not get a bill to the floor, I I don't because of this dis, discharge position. I don't think it would last that long. But like, you know, you have to think about who would be the type of Democrat to bring the bill to the floor. Would it be like AOC to try to, you know, get her like brand up? Would it just be somebody who like doesn't have that much to lose? Somebody whose constituents would be definitely like please. So there's a lot of different factors yeah and dude who knows maybe the republicans really do in a shocking turn of events whip every single one of their members to vote no unless they get cuts to entitlements stranger things have happened i don't see that happening i think five republicans will for sure cave because i don't think their uh house caucus is as united as the democrats um trump said trump said something on truth social that was pretty the democrats seemed like they kind of roll in a mob um yeah, kind of. They're definitely more united. Uh, oh, but one point I did want to make on this though is that the this whole thing happened, and you can disagree, especially if you don't like the Republican Party. You can strongly disagree with who they are, what they stand for. But if I was a Democratic voter, I would be pissed sitting here thinking the Democrats had the exact same type of leverage to force the vote for Medicare, and they didn't. And now we're sitting here where the Republicans can because of the leverage they had on McCarthy the dissenting votes can and will do their best to not let the ceiling get raised unless they get cuts to entitlements which is a huge win for them politically they'll get reelected their campaign coffers will get refunded by all their donors who want that mm-hmm. the democrats could have had a slam dunk with that in 2020 but they didn't when Pelosi was up for speaker they just didn't play it like that no, they all just fell into line. Despite like the squad, AOC and them campaigning on being, you know, reformers, being progressives, being not typical corporatist party Democrats, they mm. they said that, but they don't act like it. Okay. And then they just went against everything they said. Essentially, through action anyway. Well, but I mean What do they say, right? Actions speak louder than words. That's it, bro. All right. Do you want to move on? Surely. Let's talk about the Twitter files. We haven't. Uh, we did cover the total Twitter files. Well, they're also though. different too. You know, there's so there's so much they're information like out there. Different on them, chapters. Bro. Yeah. Twitter files. RussiaGate. So the RussiaGate Twitter files has to do with how the FBI used the Steele dossier, which was uh, a piece of campaign uh, opposition research intel paid for by the DCCC and the Clinton campaign through a research firm called Fusion GPS who hired a former MI6 agent named Christopher Steele to look into Trump's ties with Russia and the Kremlin. So then 
that takes us to January 18th, 2018. Devin Nunez, who's Republican of California, right? Yep. Um, he wrote a classified memo to the House Intelligence Committee about the FBI and how them getting their FSIA or FISA uh, surveillance FISA warrants, warrants to go after Trump and his people were basically all bullshit because the Steele dossier was bullshit. Um, so right away, the national media like MSNBC and the Washington Post, which are both pretty democratic, right? Yes, they're definitely left-leaning. Um, MSNBC, like, sh shamelessly so. Both of them, apparently, because they both said it was a joke right away, even though it was verified by Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz. Um, How, what do you mean verified? Like, the information? I guess, Claiming yeah. that the Steele dossier was bogus? That yeah. was verified by the, by Justice who? Department Inspector. Inspector General? Yes. Interesting. I did not know that. Okay, go on. Um, so then, some people caught wind of this. You know, even though a lot of the uh, outlets were calling it uh, a joke, a lot of people wanted to see it. So hashtag release the memo started trending on Twitter. Right. Dems go into action right away. Five days later, Feinstein and Schiff write a public letter saying that hashtag release the memo is linked to Russian influences. Um, and then they both claim that the report was distorted, but they never actually said it like it was incorrect or anything like that. Right. Um, so then uh, Blumenthal, the Connecticut senator enters. He wrote a letter saying that he finds it irrehensible that Russian agents have so eagerly manipulated innocent Americans. Um, so then all three of them get together and uh, they start pointing the blame at Hamilton 68, uh, which is a dashboard created by the FBI that basically tracks Russian bots and disinformation, but it's not really a like a verified source. So it's a it's not really even a comprehensive tool. It's a very like brand new instrument that they're just refining it's, at this time anyway it's really not like very credible i guess but that's all they really have right now um so they were actually warned a couple times that it wasn't the most credible uh credible thing and that they should be skeptical of it um so then they went to yoel roth uh trust and safety chief at twitter um and he said he didn't find any connection between Russia and the release the memo, uh, hashtag release the memo. So no bots or anything. There's a quote. He said, we investigated, found that engagement as overwhelmingly organic and driven by VITs, which are very important tweeters. And they said it was people like, it was WikiLeaks and uh, like Stephen King, Steve King, the congressman Steve yo, King. Yo, Roth said this to the Democrats. Yes. That these tweets were from very important tweeters. Yes. Interesting. VITs. Okay. Um, so clearly not Russian bots. Uh, right. Okay. Very clearly not. Um, so then after that, after Feinstein already like came out with this letter and everything, um, then she kind of figured she would figure out how the Hamilton 68 dashboard worked. Um, so then uh, Blumenthal was going to uh, – he was going to publish another letter, and Twitter warned him that – we don't believe these are bots, and they tried to wave him off. They said it might be worth nudging Blumenthal's staffer that it could be in his boss's best interest not to go out there because it could come back to make him look silly. Twitter said this. Yes. <laughs> so now they're making threats. They said that not directly to Blumenthal, though. To his just staffer. His staffer, yeah. yeah. But they're still making, <laughs> essentially, threats. Um, anyway, yeah, go, but go then on. it kind of bounces back the other way because they're not really backing down. So then they even tried to offer him... 
like other PR information, uh, quoting, it seems like there are other ways we could offer him a win. Um, but then he just published the letter anyway. First of all, why, does, why is Twitter in a position that they need to be offering a congressman a win? I thought that was a little shady. They were like, all right, you can't have like this piece of shit, but we'll give you like a little smaller piece right. of shit. Right, well, uh, it, it goes to show that everyone's saying that, oh, Twitter's a private company, can it do what it wants? is such horseshit because it's so clearly embedded in the daily culture of like what Western civilization is now that it has the power to, to it, it is a political operative at this point, clearly. Um, saying, oh, we need, you know, we got to give Dick Blumenthal a win somewhere else because this this doesn't work for us. Well, right. If, that's some Machiavellian fucking politics shit right there. If that's even like an option on the table at all. I mean, who? Exactly. And why do they have so many options to, to give somebody a win? Why are you using your platform to give Congress powerful. people what they want? It's very powerful and money talks, I guess, you know. Um, But yeah, so he published that letter anyway. And then Twitter realized that they were just being run in circles because they just kept asking like the same question and they just kept asking more and more and more. Um, and then, so what was sort of the ultimate reveal of this installment of the Twitter files? Was it that these democratic Congress people were like asking Twitter to block organic accounts? Um, yeah, that, I mean, that was my takeaway from it, but they didn't, Twitter did not comply in this instance. Um, Twitter was like, no, these are real accounts. We, we can't do anything about this. First of all, the fact that they they have these open lines of communication between the head of what's Yoel Roth's um, title, head of safety and he is was trust and safety chief. What does that have to do with uh, corresponding I daily think, with Congress? I think people? the the biggest problem also is uh, even after they knew that they were going to go ahead and just like blow all this up as Russian bots and everything like that, they had all this information. They knew that they were prying at them, yeah, and they. I mean, they didn't do anything about it. Yeah. So, I mean, did they, I mean, maybe there's still information that has to come out. Did they not do anything about it just because they don't give a shit? And they're just like, all right, well, like we already fucked up this much. Like we should well, just. Well, you're saying, did they not do anything about it? What do you mean? Did Why didn't Twitter. Like, just be like, hey, like, uh, I, I just feel like it's, you know what they're, you know what they're doing. What are they doing? They're labeling it as Russian, Russian bots and, and misinformation yeah. when it's So you're it's, saying Twitter should have came to the defense of Nunez and said no this is this is or the people at least the people anyway demanding to see the memo no they're not fake they're real I um, think they should have stood up for the people and said no Yeah like, I do uh, yeah I do yeah, think yeah. that I mean I just think that's Here's the thing about Twitter Un unlike what our congressmen are supposed to have because our congressmen are supposed to uh be accountable to their constituents Twitter is accountable to its shareholders. Yeah. And right now, right now that's Elon Musk essentially and the Saudis. Mm -hmm. But before it was also the Saudis and like Silicon Valley tech people who didn't, who the only thing they give a fuck about on the same level as money is their status. And their status right now has to do with being a fucking effective altruist. Like you so, have a trans bathroom in your house and any homeless person can come use it. Like that is. That puts you as number one in Silicon Valley, if that's you. Like, <laughs> What's your biggest takeaway from it? That one's, uh, honestly, out of all the, the um, Twitter files I've combed through, that one is kind of the least surprising. I knew all of that. Yeah, I mean... I didn't know... I didn't know It kind of just gives had... more detail, I suppose. Well, I mean, we talked about... Me and you talked about the... Um, I mean, we knew they were already suppressing things. You and I talked about the Steele dossier the other day, though. Like, that's... I think... It's been pretty, like, I was reading this article before from The Hill. Uh, the 
Associate Deputy Attorney General at the time in 2016 briefed both senior FBI and DJ, DOJ officials in the summer 2016 about Christopher Steele's Russia dossier, explicitly cautioning that the British intelligence operatives' work was opposition research connected to Hillary Clinton's campaign and might be biased. And he said this to the Deputy Director of the FBI, a top lawyer for then Attorney General Loretta Lynch, and a justice official who would later become the top deputy to special counsel Robert Mueller. So, like, these people all knew that this thing was bogus. And there is the argument that um, Fusion GPS and the Steele dossier were not the first, uh, were not the reason that these FISA warrants were granted. But uh, did you do you get that tweet I sent you from Matt Taibbi where he's responding to um, Seth Abramson? Like, well, here's the... Yeah, he, he retorts him. Yeah, can you read that for me? I yeah. forget who said it. Some So... Sam Abramson. Seth Abramson. Seth Abramson. His shit doesn't matter. Just read the second the second part. Okay. Uh, we determined that Crossfire Hurricane's, Hurricane Team's receipt of Steele's election reporting on September 19th, 2016, played a central and essential role in the FBI's and department's decision to seek the FISA order. And who said that? Um, that was in... Uh, who said it, though? Nunez's dissertation. No, 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 no. Who said it, though? Read read Tybee's tweet. Oh. Um, Inspector General? Yeah, the Inspector General. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's... There there is a certain, like, segment of people out there who will always believe that, you know, Trump got peed on in Russia and, like, is is beholden to Vladimir Putin. I, I think, like... People make fun of QAnon, and as you should, those people are crazy. But the left has its own versions of this shit. Like, people that wear masks in their car and believe that, like, Putin has a tape of Trump, like, getting pissed, <laughs> pissed on, on in Trump Tower, Moscow. Like That is crazy, and you could show a lot is that of as, is that is that that much crazier than believing that there's pedophiles holding kids in a pizza shop in D.C.? Like... No. I, I, I think... <laughs> Again, like we're, I'm constantly in the position of having to like look like I'm defending Trump. I'm not. There's plenty of shit you can go after Trump for. Well, no, you're not defending Trump. You, well, you're just presenting the facts, really. That's, I mean, I feel like that's what we're doing, and I mean, but in this political climate now, that's, <laughs> you know, be, you're, you're being a uh, a stooge for Putin. You know what I mean? Like, well, you can't ask questions about where the money in Ukraine is going. Yeah, because... and you could show a lot of people this, and you know, they still wouldn't. You know, believe it or anything Fucking like that. Fucking Seth Abramson, who's still tweeting that the FISA warrants are based off other uh, elements of Fusion GPS's previous um, uh, opposition research but while you, they're working for Republicans. You brought up a good point to me um, earlier because, I mean, as I was reading this and, like, as I just said that to you, like, oh, like, it's all right here. How do we know that? This isn't all just like bullshit that we're being fed. Oh, well, it's certainly a good question to ask, and you should ask it, mm-hmm. especially if you're asking it in good faith and not just because you don't want your uh, preconceptions smashed. And I, I think the journalists that are releasing this information are doing a pretty good inf- uh, job at addressing those concerns. Uh, first of all, journalists get things from sources. Unless you are like some sort of super spy murderer like (laughs) or just have a wild imagination your sources are giving you that information willingly you're not beating it out of them so 
everybody has an agenda, no matter who you meet. Obviously, that all comes into consideration when you decide whether or not you're going to report on a story, which, by the way, is why when the Washington Post and the New York Times got the Steele dossier in 2016, they didn't publish it because they have news judgment. And they said, we can't independently verify this. This has a lot of question marks. We're not going with it. And then BuzzFeed said, I was going to say, fuck it, boy, we were dropping that shit like WikiLeaks, bro. We can. Yeah, they didn't even fucking, they were like, who knows if they even vetted it. Like, or looked at it. They just literally dumped it out and they're like, go wild, internet. We got one. We got a scoop, yo. <laughs> BuzzFeed on top. You got a scoop because it was a scoop of shit. That's why. It was a hot scoop of shit. It was It was a hot scoop of shit. Give them, give them their due. They probably had a good three-week <laughs> run where they were on fire. Before they they might have got a couple more clicks when after all this shit happened, you know? Uh, well, that's the thing, too, is they actually, it's crazy. BuzzFeed News actually has some decently credible reporters. That was an institutional failure. The editors there should never have... Anyway, whatever. That's not the point. The point is uh, you have to, in this information society, exercise judgment. And, and like, fuck. I, I had the thread. And not a lot it. of people have judgment. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what did you ask? You were asking me, like... I don't know. I lost it. Uh, I asked... Well, the original question was how do we know all... Of this oh right, so Matt, Ty- so yeah, so and they basically um, like kind of explain because people have asked him this, like this is a billionaire who obviously has an agenda, like why would he be releasing this? And Taibi says, to the best of his knowledge, he thinks Musk really does want to see the truth come out. I think there are some question marks about like Ken Clipperstein, for example, a reporter reporter for the Intercept has still being shadow banned. He's reported on Tesla unions. I don't know if there's a connection there, so he's not perfect, but. You you do you have to understand this information like yes it's coming from a source that might have an agenda but a lot of this stuff has other um this these are not the first crumbs of this this is the other connotations and well no I'm just saying there's there's other evidence independent of these Twitter files to point this stuff out most of the Twitter files just confirm stuff we already know mm-hmm. that people were being shadow banned stuff that there's another segment that got dropped today we, we're about to talk about about the vaccine stuff uh, a lot of stuff having to do with covid was censored like mm-hmm. this is stuff a lot of people were called crazy conspiracy theorists for saying yeah. for years and but now it's coming out it I, is it could be it, listen first of all there's a lot of information coming out who know like the odds of 99 of 99 pieces of information being purely factual they're probably not perfect there's probably some inconsistencies especially considering like the very first files this concerns me, and we covered this. The very first drop that Taibi and Barry Weiss and uh, Michael Schellenberger got, they were handed through a former CIA agent, John Baker, who was directly involved with Vigigati and like Yol Roth, the former sort of censorship regime. Yeah. And Elon had no idea. They found out combing through, their journalists found out combing through the batch of files they got from Baker that Baker was this guy that was pushing for censorship. Huh. And so they had to go to Elon, and Elon was like, shit, and they fired him. But Yol's still there. No, Yol's gone. Oh, is he gone? Yol or? hung on for a while, longer than a lot of people, okay. and then he left. He left or he got fired? I, I Who knows, but I think he left. All right. So I Yeah, that's not good. Fired. Um, but, like, yeah, listen, uh, again, well, don't, I mean, don't believe that anyone. That a lot to the imagination. Don't believe anyone 100% on anything. Please have skepticism surrounding all of this stuff, but don't blindly opt into a point of view and a mindset before you even take in the information because that's not being part of a party. That's being part of a cult. 
well, a lot of this feels very cultish, but um, talk, talk about tell me about the fucking because I, I haven't looked into this. This just dropped today. This oh, yeah, shit new, on the new uh, Twitter files. Which, by the way, I, I, I might I might pull up some of my old tweets about this stuff because I was talking about during during COVID while COVID was going on. The fact that we're locking down restaurants in America, barring citizens from having jobs without getting a vaccine, while 99% of the world still doesn't have one because the fucking greedy bastards who own the patents on this stuff, including Bill Gates, Pfizer, Moderna, they won't release their patents so that countries across the world can make generic versions of this because they eventually want to sell it. So I just don't understand how we're being offered this lie of like, no, this is so essential. This is the most important fight of your life that we have to do groundbreaking, unprecedented things, shutting down entire sectors of our economy because it's so important we eradicate this virus. Not so important that we don't give up those sexy little profits we get at the end, though, and make sure Africa actually has vaccines in their arms. No, like, like, not How do you all. expect me to believe that you really give a fuck when you only give a fuck about a tiny little swath? Well, so... Yeah, sorry. That was a rant, but... No, you're you're good. That was a good rant. Um, so anyway, uh, Twitter files, vaccine edition, misinformation, vaccine edition. Um, so BioNTech and Pfizer and, uh, Moderna, AstraZeneca, Keep going. um, they all went to Twitter and basically uh, as a lobbyist group called bio, it's not okay. Um, as a, well, this lobbyist group called bio represented fucking moderna pfizer astrazeneca all these big companies um so then bio went to twitter and asked them to censor tweets uh about generic low-cost vaccines um uh and they were also backed by the german government which was been... all I've right been, i've been hesitant to cover the vaccine on the show because youtube is very sensory when it comes to the oh, VAWC. Oh, I see. You're, well, we're just going to have to take that chance. We're going to have to. Um, so, lobbyist group Bio, which represents Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, all the... BioNTech? Uh, BioNTech, all the big boys. Um, I love I love when uh, lobbying firms represent the interests of pharmaceutical companies. No, I'm, I'm being serious. I really enjoy that. You enjoy that? I, it's, it's amazing. I think we should have more of that. Yeah. yeah. One, one, I, th I believe there's right now three to one uh, pharmaceutical lobbyists per every congressman in D.C. I think they have like 1,500 or something. Oh, my God. I could be wrong about that. I'll fact check myself um, and throw it up in the video edition, which is fucking regrettably fucked. We uh, didn't get the video from the first we'll 40 minutes of this podcast, so we're going we're gonna to put out a clip for the last bit. Apologies. The information's still good, people. For sure. Um, so anyway, this lobbyist group bio, uh, representing all these big boys, goes to Twitter and asks them to directly censor uh, tweets about low generic costs of vaccines and uh, you know basically helping poor people in poor countries. So the bio is asking Twitter to censor posts asking for advocating for lower cost or even free generic vaccines. Yes. I mean, I don't understand how how you can tell me you're pro people living and then do and that. also be anti poor people getting vaccines. Someone has to equate those for me because I don't get it. So, um, 
they actually even sent them the hashtags to look out for because I guess they know what people were rallying behind and everything. And they asked them to support their uh, Twitter handles like at Pfizer, at uh, Moderna. So it wasn't just, hey, do our censoring for us. It was also, hey, we need some PR work. Uh, yes, please uh, support us in this venture. Like algorithmically boost their fucking propaganda. Right. And I mean, so the fake accounts that were mentioned for protesting Pfizer were um, actually real accounts that they they uh, they don't know if they ended up flagging them or not because it's actually unsure if Twitter followed through or what they did with this request. But the accounts that Bio was asking them to, to flag were real accounts. Genuine. So again, noticing a trend here. Yes. Now, I, I call me crazy, but I don't think these companies and Congress people would be asking for this from Twitter if they hadn't gotten it before. And I, I think... Yes, right. I think they I were agree. getting it. I think the past Twitter files did prove that, but we haven't covered them that much on this show. But so we're I, already seeing a trend just from the little bit yep, that we have covered. Yep. What'd you say? What'd you say the theory was? Leave a cookie, uh, leave a crumb, whatever. Uh, whatever. Early bird gets the dingleberry. Something like I that. I was going to say a yeah, bad Yeah, give an inch, they take a mile. Yeah, you know? I like that one. Just go yeah. for that. Um, anyway, so that wasn't the only push that Bio made. Then they made a push at uh, making a content moderation campaign uh, designed by a contractor, Public Good Projects. And that was going to be... Uh, centered around content moderation and uh, COVID misinformation. Censorship. Censorship. What was the What was the company called? Uh, Public Good Projects. Yeah, that doesn't sound suspicious at all. Right. So I mean, they did censor certain things that were good, like mic, like people saying there's microchips and vaccines and stuff. Yeah. Well. Like, again, I don't believe in censoring that shit because everybody with a fucking decent head on their shoulders knows that's, that's fucking crazy. You carry your microchip around true. in your back pocket. You freak out when you don't when you leave your house without your microchip. This is Nobody true. is going anywhere without a cell phone ever again. They don't need to put microchips in us. We willingly carry them around. <laughs> so to not to, to censor that guy who's saying that about my, microchips is seriously is to take away my right to know he's a fucking idiot. That pisses me off. Let him be an idiot so I know. What if I want to get in a business venture with this guy and I don't know how fucking stupid he is because you censored his stupidity? No, let me know. <laughs> no, seriously, people people that don't agree with that guy should be the most pissed off that he's getting censored because they should know that he's saying that. Well, yes. I, I'm clearly passionate about this issue. Yeah. I just strongly believe that sunlight is the best infectant. You let the cream rise to the top. I'm not gonna let my son on Twitter though. I can't have him. <laughs> I can't have him being like, "Dad, there's microchips inside me." I can't explain this to you. Yeah, you can, bro. Bro, just be a good dad. What if he's be like, like son, seven? That's obviously crazy. Then he should believe you, or else you're a shitty dad. All right. Well, you know what? I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Okay. I think we got a lot of bridges to cross before that one, bro. All right. Anyway, um, so then they made another push with this. Uh, this program to... I just really quick, I want to interrupt you. I'm on the Public Good Projects uh, website right now. Mm -hmm. They're a 501c because they're a .org, so they're a non-profit. Probably a fucking scam. Vaccination Demand Observatory. This is their project showcase. Together with UNICEF, the Vaccination Demand Observatory works to decrease the impact of misinformation and increase vaccine demand around the world. Vaccine misinformation is not causing... There's no problem with vaccine demand. There is a ton of vaccine... I Oh, my God. Demand? I'm not even vaccinated. I'm about to have a blood clot. <laughs> There's a ton of demand in Africa where they really, really need cheap vaccines. Yeah, exactly. So they you're not helping... lower the price. Shit, bro. Anyway, go on. 
But um, so they were even sending this, this group was sending emails to Twitter, like lobbyists and moderators saying like, uh, this is what we should look out for this week. Uh, and, you know, maybe take this down and take this down, stuff like that. There's an email here, maybe pop that on the screen or something. Sure, yeah. <laughs> if we're even fucking recording. But, um, you know, they made all these misinformation guidelines and it applied to everybody else, but it didn't apply to the big drug companies saying that, like, you know, oh, everything costs all this much, mo- all, all this money. And there was... Right, when the lies come from the institutions, they're perfectly acceptable. Right. Which, again, is a fucking pattern because... When the Democrats were saying Devin Nunez's memo was based on, or the people calling for the memo to be released were all Russian bots, they weren't. But nobody gave a fuck. Nobody said anything. No, nobody said anything. And once again, guys, like, like which I find not, neither of us are Republicans. Uh, I have never I voted. probably lean a little bit more Republican than I than I would a, a Democrat. But maybe that's since starting I like this podcast. to consider myself uh, more like independent. Well, neither of us have ever voted for Trump. No. I've never voted for a Republican presidential candidate, and I don't think I'll ever vote for either of the two-party candidates ever again. But this it's about the principle of the matter. Like, you let them do this to Republicans today when the Republicans, when the shoe is on the other foot, because that's the way this stuff always goes. The universe is a balance. Things go back and forth. And someday the Republicans will retake the institutions. People, you know, in, like, the... 60s and the 70s, the Republicans were fucking lame losers. Everybody wanted to be a liberal. <laughs> it was fun. You got to do drugs. You got to fuck hookers. Like, that was, was counterculture. Fuck Vietnam. We're out here. <laughs> now the liberals are the fucking weenies saying, you can't say that word and you can't say this. And if that guy's wearing a dress, you have to give him a hug and whatever. <laughs> like, like, they are becoming the losers. I saw. But so Republicans will retake, or right wing people will retake sort of the societal and cultural institutions at some point in American history. It might be 50 years, it might be 100 years from now. But they will remember this. Well, I hope and they, they will, mark my words, go back to being the party of censorship because they once were. At one point, the, the Bible-thumping people were the book burners. Now it's the liberals because <laughs> that's just how it goes. So if you're okay with the Democrats doing this to the Republicans because you don't like the Republicans, just understand what goes around comes around. Like a hula hoop. I saw somebody that identified as a canine sexual or trans canine okay like a trans species yes i like that i like that a lot more than trans. like i i this person let dogs just fuck them oh are you serious i swear to god you find some crazy shit on twitter bro i think that's illegal well, she just put it on I'm Twitter. I'm pretty sure bestiality is illegal in America. Well, she just put it on Twitter. At least in like a lot of states. What am I doing on that? I don't know, but you fucking fall that's into a, some crazy holes. That's a good That's question. all I'll say. Kev, what are well, you I knew it was going to come up, so. That's one thing. Like, Twitter, like, we're talking about misinformation on Twitter. How I about just porn? Like, wow. There's so much porn on Twitter. There's porn everywhere. N- but, like, there's a lot on Twitter. Like, a lot. There's porn everywhere. Everything is sex. Yeah, bestiality has been a crime at the federal level since the 1950s. Yeah, don't fuck dogs, people. That's that's one I didn't think you'd have to really tell people. Should I see if I can find it? No. No. Let's move on. Please, for the love of God, let's move on. All right. Our last story. Oh, my God. I found her. <laughs> Please, yeah, just move on. <laughs> oh. Oh, you did talk about that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, last but not least, uh, the U.S. climate envoy, John Kerry, 
one-time presidential candidate and also former Secretary of State um, and Senator from Massachusetts. He's had a really long political career. John Kerry backed the UAE's decision to appoint the CEO of a state-run oil company, Abu Dhabi National Oil Company, to, pre- to preside over global climate negotiations in Dubai, citing his work on renewable energy projects. So uh, Biden gives the full backing to Dr. Sultan Al-Jabir, saying he's a terrific co- choice to run the negotiations because he runs a company. Uh, he's the head of the company. That company knows it needs to transition. Despite that, Abu Dhabi plans to increase its production of crude oil from 4 to 5 million barrels a year uh, while maintaining they'll be carbon neutral by 2050. I'm pretty sure that's five, 4 to 5 million barrels a day. Um, They're going to be carbon neutral by 2050? Yeah, there's no fucking way that's happening <laughs> no. while they increase their crude production, but they're saying they are. And this guy, Al-Jaber, is like supposed to be the... The reformer. But dude, he runs... He's very good friends. He's a trusted confidant of the Sheik, Mohammed bin Zayed on the Hine, who... Your pronunciation is fantastic. You know, you have no way of knowing that. Um, it sounds good. Who, you know, runs an Arab state, which is... Admittedly, like, they're coming closer to the, you know, modern standards of, like, letting women drive and... Finally, like agreeing to uh, be peaceful with Israel, despite the fact that I, everyone's just given up in Palestine. Apparently, like is that right? Well, just all these Arab states are like after the Abraham Accords, which Trump basically negotiated, like they're ha- normalizing trade relations. But you know, past like twenty years, Israel would kind of backdoor trade with people, and like you know, you could fly there, but you couldn't fly there. Like you couldn't actually say you were going, but you mm-hmm. could go. Now there's actually you could fly from. Tel Aviv to because of the Doha. Abraham Accords. Yes, and a lot, a lot more ones. states like uh, Bahrain, the UAE, I think Saudi Arabia, they all normalize ties. Um, so that's like trade and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and also now they're you know they're on this global stage of like because I think these climate talks they move over. This is COP twenty eight, I believe. But yeah, he he's gonna <laughs> the COP twenty eight at the end of twenty twenty three. I mean, a lot of people are saying, oh, he has a rich background in renewables. They're increasing their crude production. They are wholly reliant, these Gulf states, on oil money. 2050 is going to be here before you know it. I, listen, these they're, they're doing a lot of projects. They're trying to increase tourism. I mean, well, yeah, they're Dubai is obviously... Diversifying that portfolio of theirs. Yeah, so is Saudi Arabia. So are a lot of these oil states. But I just don't see it happening anytime soon. And it's just ironic that the guy who's, quote unquote, the climate envoy is like, <laughs> you guys got it. You you're doing a good job. I don't know. And M- the Emirati state-run CEO of their oil company, like, that basically would be like if we put fucking Rex Tillerson, the, the Exxon CEO. We were just like, make everything green. Yeah, literally. And he's like, all right, I'm gonna use all the oil first. I used to make fun of Trump's cabinet. Um. When he was first starting, I called it the anti-cabinet, like the bizarro cabinet, because it seems like everyone, like Betsy DeVos, hated children and education, <laughs> and they put her in charge of education. Like Rick Perry, the Secretary of Energy, forgot that there was a Department of Energy, <laughs> literally, famously. So, like, but that, now, you know, the Democrats, same thing. Like, these, I, I just thought it was very telling what he, when he said that he believes this guy, um, Al Jaber, 
is the right choice because he's the head of a company. Like, what a corporatist fucking mindset. This guy, John Kerry, who like, well, protested the Vietnam War as a soldier, <laughs> is now somebody who's saying, yes, the oil baron CEO of a oil state is the guy who is going to help us transition to renewables. It's laughable, honestly. It's how stupid I think He's got a grand plan, man. We are. Yeah. And that is all of the oil... All right. In the East. I think we're going to run. I'm a little, I, I apologize for my tone today. I'm a little disheartened because we lost the video from those two. Uh, That's right. You, you were speaking with clips. passion today. It was I nice. was. I'm, I'm proud of the episode. No, it was a good episode. Um, We will be back next Tuesday, mm-hmm. the 24th. Until then, guys, please do us a favor. Follow us on Instagram at nextgenforward, the number four. W-A-R-D, same thing on Twitter, at NextGen4WARD. And please check out our YouTube channel. We're going to have clips from this episode that did get filmed. Uh, we are YouTube.com slash NextGenForward. That's the whole word. Um, and we will see you next week. Thank you. Good night, everybody.